When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Callum Wilson... Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast with me, Sean Barker. And me, Sam Davis. Now, I'm still on holiday here in England from New Zealand, so we are once again recording this show in the same room. This time, it's my sister's living room in Southbourne as we share the mic much like Paul and George would do during the Beatles live gigs. So, am I George then, right? Well, normally I'd say you're more like Ringo, but for this analogy, you can be George. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not, you know. I'll just let you ponder that some more. So for today's show, I'm wearing the brand new Premier League home shirt. But Sam, I see you're not wearing a Bournemouth playing shirt, but you are wearing something very special. That's right, Sean. I am sporting the just-released back-of-the-net T-shirt with the iconic design of Eddie Had a Dream. That's some T-shirt, Sam. And you, dear listener, could also look as awesome as Sam Davis is right now by ordering your Eddie Had a Dream T-shirt from our website, www.afcbpodcast.com forward slash shop. Hang on a sec, Sean. Has this suddenly turned into QVC? Order now! (laughs) Anyway, let's see what's coming up on today's show. We bring you our review of AFC Bournemouth's transfer business to date with a rundown on all the new signings. We'll also discuss the Radio Solent Fans Forum, which occurred earlier this week. We'll tell you about our trip up to London to represent AFC Bournemouth on your TV screens. And you may have even seen me wearing that aforementioned T-shirt. Then we'll bring our preview of the opening weekend Premier League action as we welcome Jose and his new Manchester United team to the Vitality Stadium. So to kick things off, Sam has jogged into my back-of-the-net news booth and is ready to bring you his new signing rundown. Lise Mousset, £5.4 million, Le Havre. Lise Mousset was born on the 8th of February 1996 and is a French footballer. 
He's 20 years old and a forward. For Le Havre last season, he scored 14 goals in 28 appearances. Now, will he have the same impact that Riyad Mahrez had last season at Leicester? Who knows? Jordan Ibe. £15 million, Liverpool. Jordan was born in December 1995 and is an attacking midfielder. He came up through the youth system of Wickham Wanderers, for whom he made his debut in the Football League as a 15-year-old. Jordan joined Liverpool in 2012, but he spent his time on loan at championship clubs, including Birmingham City and Derby County. He has represented England from under-18s all the way through to under-21 level. Last year, Scousers had concerns with his finishing, but from what we've seen already in our pre-season matches, we could well be in for a treat this season. Nathan Aki, on loan from Chelsea. Nathan Benjamin Aki was born in February 1995 and is a Dutch professional footballer who plays for Bournemouth on loan from Chelsea and also for the Netherlands under-21 team as a defender or midfielder. In August 2015, he completed a season-long loan move to newly promoted Premier League team Watford after having signed a five-year contract with Chelsea. He made his debut for Watford in a League Cup second round game against Preston North End, which ended in a 1-0 defeat for his side. He then also played his first Premier League game for Watford, coming off the bench against Newcastle United and helping the Hornets hold on for a 2-1 win. During his time with the Hornets, manager Kike Sanchez-Flores primarily deployed Ake as a left-back. His performance and work ethic earned him the Watford Young Player of the Season award. Lewis Cook, 6 million and rising, Leeds United. Lewis John Cook, born in February 1997, is an English professional footballer who plays as a central midfielder. He has also represented England at various levels and is a current England under-19 international. In May 2015, Lewis signed a new contract at Leeds, keeping him in the club until the summer of 2017, or so they said. On the 12th of August 2015, he scored his first ever Leeds goal against Doncaster Rovers in the League Cup, but was also sent off in the first half for a straight red card, with Leeds eventually losing 4-2 on penalties after a one-all draw. Now, after being subject to bids from Premier League clubs, in January 2016, Leeds manager Steve Evans revealed that they had rejected bids for Cook and that the club owner, Massimo Salino, had assured him that the player would not have been sold. On the 17th of April 2016, he won the Football League Young Player of the Year award. He signed for Bournemouth in pre-season and judging from his early appearances, he could be just the player we need in midfield. Emerson Hindman, free transfer from Fulham. The American soccer player from AFC Bournemouth was born on April the 9th, 1996 and plays as a midfielder for the United States national team. Last season, he was with Fulham and at the end of the season, manager Slavisa Jovanovic stated that Heinemann could leave the club with his blessing. On May the 15th, 2016, ESPN reported Heinemann would leave Fulham when his contract expires. Therefore, Eddie Howe picked him up and he's looking to integrate him into the midfield for the Cherries. Brad Smith, £3 million from Liverpool. Bradley Sean Smith, born 9th of April 1994, is an Australian professional footballer and he plays as left-back. Born in Sydney, Smith moved to England to play youth football for Liverpool as a teenager. He eventually made his professional debut for the side in 2013. He also spent time on loan at Swindon Town in 2014. 
Smith represented England at youth levels, eligible through his parents, but subsequently switched to play for Australia. So now with another left-back, as well as Royce Wiggins, there's certainly some competition for Charlie Daniels. Sam's new Bournemouth player news. Okay, thank you, Sam. Just coming out of the news booth there, having given us his rundown on all the facts and figures about our new signings. Not so sure about all the dodgy accents, but uh, anyway, let's move on from that. And so, Sam, uh, what do you think about the signings we've made this year? It certainly seems like Eddie's been a bit more proactive in the transfer market. I feel a lot more optimistic this season than I did at the start of last season because it really didn't feel as though we strengthened that much. I mean, we did, but then we lost the players through injury. So maybe, you know, with the players that we've got you know, coming in, uh, especially Premier League proven players like Jordan Ibe, um, I'm actually feeling quite good. Now, there are a number of unknown quantities like Lise Mousset. Um, as we said, he was £5.4 million from Le Havre and he scored one goal every two games last season and uh, that was the old stomping ground as mentioned of players like Mares. so if he could be anything like that it could be quite interesting yeah I mean my knowledge of him has been based on his couple of promo videos from his season in Le Havre online um, what I like from what I saw was that he looks incredibly fast he looks strong and the thing that impressed me most is that he looked like he could finish. Like, you watch, if you can get watch the video, maybe we'll find it and post it on our Twitter feed. When he's one on one with the goalkeeper, opens his body up nice and calm, nice and casual, slots it in the corner. Didn't seem to be a panicky type of finisher, which was great. Whether, whether he can adjust to the pace of the Premier League, I guess we're not sure. So, in that respect, could be a bit of an unknown. I read online there were some rumours that he was late for a training or late for one of the overseas trips or something so a couple of people I think on the forum were saying oh no let's hope he's not a, a problem child but um, I guess with him it'll be a bit unknown in terms of the rest of the players yeah I agree but in terms of we got some players there that we know are quality Jordan Ibe and as he's shown in pre-season looks to be a tremendous signing again allegedly there's been some issues with attitude but as we know with Eddie he can make or break a player so this could be a turning point for him Nathan Ucky's come in from Watford, yeah, was playing fullback, very much appears to be a holding midfielder or even a centre-back for us. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm so far I'm happy. Lewis Cook is probably the one I'm most excited about, having watched the Valencia game. Um, I love the energy of this guy and um, I can see him really pushing for a starting place this season. Yeah, in the game against Reading where he scored that goal, he looked really impressive. It was a great through ball. I think it may have even been Aki who played the through ball. I can't quite remember. Um, I wasn't at the stadium. I was watching on the feed. But he's got tremendous confidence. He's got a bit of a swagger about his play as well, which I, which I really like. Um, one of the problems last season was when Harry Arter was out through injury. Um, there wasn't that grit in midfield that we're used to. Do you remember those early season matches? You know, Liverpool away, mm. um, first game of the season, Aston Villa at home. O'Kane looked out of his depth, to be honest. And, uh, you know, as soon as Harry Arter came in for the games that he did play last season, I don't know how many it was in the end, but we look so much better when he's in that side. So having a player of Lewis Cook's ilk, uh, you know, I think is going to, you know, serve us well. You know, he did get sent off last season, as I said, in that uh, mini review there. So he has got that side about his game. But with Eddie Howe's guidance, I think he could turn into a great player. And as you as you said about Jordan Ibe, um, some people have been saying, you know, for a player that can't finish £15 million or whatever, that's what Liverpool fans have been saying. Now, do you remember how Josh King um, just developed his game? I think he was £1 million from Blackburn at the start of last season. And then towards the end of the season, you would never not play him in the side. So if he could do anything like that with Jordan Ibe, things are looking great. Yeah, I think that's the thing. With the signings we made last year, and we actually made quite a few signings that that came in and obviously Gradle was exciting and 
Mings, you know, again, I mean, the injuries kind of ruined both of those signings for most of the season, if not all the season in Mings' case. But there were a couple of unknowns there. Joshua King, yeah, kind of signed and all we had was that hat-trick he got in the game against Stoke. And it was like, that's what we kept reliving. And he got a hat-trick and then it was like, oh, the rest of his stats don't really stack up. But he played well against us when he played for Blackburn. And as we saw, even during pre-season, I remember watching King and thinking, oh, this boy, I'm not too sure. And then... Given him time with with Eddie, I mean, the player he became was the first name on the team sheet. Um, So that was a bit of a a, what seemed like a gamble that kind of paid off. And then there was the Lee Tomlin signing, which always felt like a panic buy. As much as I had high hopes for him, it just seemed like it was a we're running out of time. We need to sign somebody. And it was an easy signing to make. Whereas this year, it seems to be we're we're a little bit more thoughtful in who we've brought in. and we've brought in some players that are quality. Now, obviously, we've brought in a lot of youth. So the key thing about that, which is interesting, is when you have to name your 25-man squad, you don't need to include players that are classed as homegrown, of which um, Cook is, yep. Ibe is, Smith is. So we've brought these players in, and they're not even. we're not even having to replace, take players away to put them in, which is pretty smart. Um, are we done on the transfer front? I think most of us would say we'd like to think no. I mean, the players that we brought in, we're still saying, where's the centre-back cover? Obviously, we lost Captain Tommy to Villa. Um, we haven't seen a replacement come in there. Um, full-back position, potentially, if if Smith's injured, then Francis has to go over there, which means that's another centre-back position lost. We know they see Ake as a player that can play centre-back, but... We're hoping one or two more signings before we get to the end of the transfer window, which is in a few weeks' time. I would imagine, and I think Eddie will talk about it in a bit, with the forum alluded to the fact that there could well be a defender coming in. Um, but overall, yeah, I think it's a step up. I think the squad we've got is is stronger than it was last year. And I'm excited by the business that we've done. So, Matt Ritchie... Obviously, played a massive part last season. Uh, Obviously, the season before that, even more so. Um, What will we miss from Matt Ritchie? Well, that was an interesting one because Matt absolutely tore it up in the championship. I mean, just his his goals and his assists was just a stupidly high number. Now, obviously, we never expected him to replicate that in the Premier League in terms of those numbers. But his even his performances, I, I didn't think were as strong. He was... Absolutely. I felt he was the one of the first names in the championship and it was you'd never doubt that he'd play in the Premier League. It was like, oh, I just don't know when he did start to get subbed and that mm. kind of stuff. What did he bring? He, he knew our system absolutely 100 percent. He tracked back. He put the miles in. He worked hard. He linked in with the fullback. And there were times on the left hand side where we looked weaker because there wasn't that link up between our left sided player and our fullback. And we we were hurt a lot of times. Whereas on the right hand side, the amount of times you saw their left winger on the ball and he'd look up and he's got Richie and Smith on him straight away. Mm. So whoever takes that position needs to be able to do that legwork because that is, I think, was actually one of Richie's for all his skills and his assists and his, his amazing goals. I think his work rate was something that we're going to need to see that from whoever we've got on that right side as well as on the left side. Mm. It's, uh, you know, I think overall um, he's done some good business, but it's it's quite funny. There were some questions posed at the Fans Forum, which we'll be discussing uh, a little bit later on. One of the questions that was posed but not directly asked was from um, a Cherries fan called Arnold Savoir on Twitter. And the question I thought that he wanted to pose to Eddie Howe, he couldn't make it himself, a bit cutting. He said... Last season, to much fanfare, you signed Murray and Tomlin for a combined fee of £6 million. They have both now left. And he said, please assess how you rate your success in the Premier League transfer market. Um, That's quite a cutting remark. And to be fair, last last season, yeah, maybe that was more valid. But this season, I do feel as though he's got, you know, a lot more value for money. For instance, this Emerson Hindman sounds like a right-off prospect, free transfer, and also Brad Smith as well for Liverpool. Now, you saw flashes of Brad Smith in the Valencia game, Sean. He got man of the match in that one. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, good, strong player, quick 
gets forward, which is a key requirement for our fullbacks, is the players have to be able to attack and get forward. It's what we saw from Charlie Daniels. It's what you see from Adam Smith. And from Brad Smith, I think we've got a player that's... When a player comes in, they have to settle into the Bournemouth style of play. And sometimes it can take players a long time, like Joshua King. And I think sometimes it can take a short time. I think with Brad Smith, I don't think it takes long for him to be up to speed. And again, as as young as he is, and he's going to get better, I think that's what you're getting. Hyman, I think, because he got injured so early in pre-season... I think it might well take a while until we start seeing him because he's got to try and learn that midfield position and how it plays. Whereas Aki and with Lewis Cook, they've been getting the minutes. So I think both of those are going to be pushing for starting places as the season kicks off. Obviously, with Hyman injured, it's going to be a while, but I think it might even be longer because they've got to get that settling in period. Ibe seems to have come in straight away and, as we've seen, is already doing really great things. With Mousset... Again, who knows? Maybe we start seeing him in, in the cup games. Maybe that's where we give him a run out. we just got to hope he's not another ranty. Mm. That's the worry. But overall, yep, hopefully we'll be able to talk about some new transfers in the next couple of weeks before we um, close the, the window and it's shut until January. And uh, I think we'll be strong. I think also we would have learnt from those injuries that we had that where we lost Wilson and we lost Gradle and we were in trouble. We didn't have enough depth. I like to think that Eddie's addressed that barring the centre-back situation defensively, which hopefully brings somebody in. But I think we'd have learnt a lot with our transfers and let's hope a few of those become some club legends. But now let's move on and let's talk about that Solent fan forum, which happened this week. Hi, this is the big one, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. So on Wednesday night at the Vitality Stadium was the annual BBC Radio Solent Fans Forum. And once again on Twitter, there was a lot of conversation and debate about who was going to be there and what questions should be asked. Well, in attendance was AFC Bournemouth manager Eddie Howe. He was joined by chairman Jeff Mostyn. And on the player front, we had the captain Simon Francis. So, Sean, what were your overall thoughts on this year's forum? Well, I think the problem with the forum over the last however many years is kind of people's attitudes towards it of like the interest levels have kind of dropped, although they still sell out all the tickets and all that stuff. And it's always full because over the years, it's just become a bit of a love fest and no one's got any actual real answers. It's become almost too comedic. There's there's Billy from Pokestown every year who gets up and Eddie, why why don't we send any players up from corners? And Eddie, have you thought about playing three five two? Because I reckon it's really good. Because I'm football manager, I do really well. And Jeff, just you know, can we just relive that moment in the in the dressing rooms where you got your bum slapped and all that stuff? It's all kind of got a bit meaningless. And so I think a couple of things that was interesting. One was that Chris Temple, who does a great job with commentary, who's run the forums for the last few years, is in Rio uh, with the Olympics. So Adam Blackmore was presenting it. And there were rumours that, oh, you know, he's going to be a little bit more hard-hitting and he's going to be pressing them a little bit harder and that kind of stuff. And I think with social media increasing so much now, they, the, you know, Adam would have seen all this talk about the forum and whatnot. And I actually think overall, I think he did a lot better job of... Pressing, although some some moments he kind of got a serious question in with a bit of a joke, but at least he got in those kind of questions. There was a they were talking about transfers and about any new players, and you know Adam jumped in to Eddie and was like, you know, is there a defender on that list? Which was kind of everyone laughed, but it was great. At least he did it. So yeah, overall in that respect, I think it was a it was a, a step in the right direction. Did we get any bigger revealing answers? I think there was a few little bits in there, but um, it it was actually. For me, it was at least it was an improvement on the last few years. Yeah, it was an improvement. There were certain issues that were tackled and tackled very well, but then you did get the odd question. I can't remember the guy's name. The question lasted about 60 seconds, and was it even a question? It was just, uh, you know, one minute's worth of rhetoric, really, by saying, you know, Eddie, I think it's great that, uh, you know, despite the fact that we've just been beaten 5-1, it's great that you, uh, you know, make the players go over and salute the away fans. Is this something you're going to continue to do i mean what's eddie gonna really say no i'm not uh, you know there were some wasted questions there um i don't know how many of these questions were known it's not like question time on the bbc where they know the questions and they're just going to go to that exact person i think it was essentially a free-for-all so they didn't actually really know what questions were being asked um 
one of those questions I think um, could have probably been left out. But the first question was uh, regarding the current situation with the stadium. And of course, earlier on uh, last season, we had those graphics to show us how the new Ted McDougall stand would look with its new attendance of the Vitality Stadium of 14,500 and everyone was all happy. And there was the open day, which, of course, we at Back of the Net attended. Obviously, it didn't happen, so there were obvious questions about that. Now, Jeff Mostyn said that the fact is that in 2014, um, the statement that Mostyn gave was accurate. They had a good relationship with the landlord, but since then, things have changed. And he said that they have a working relationship uh, with the landlord. He said that the rent has increased Um, And from their perspective, the demands that the landlord was after for the stadium was no longer realistic, uh, you know, based on Bournemouth being in the Premier League alone. Mostyn said that if we were to expand the South Stand, it's going to increase the price drastically. Um, AFC Bournemouth are effectively adding to the value that they would be paying. He also went on to say that communication has been stifled with the landlord, to to say the least. He also emphasised that we 100% want to stay at Dean Hall, but in his own words, he said, we're not going to have a gun pulled to our throat just because we're a Premier League club now. Yeah, it was, um, I think that was, it was It was quite revealing, this this answer. And I mean, uh, Mostyn made the comparison that with Brighton and how you look at Brighton and they went and paid all this money and they built this new stadium. And he's basically saying, well, instead of doing that, we invested in players and we're the ones laughing now because we're in the Premier League and look at you, the shiny stadium, but you're still in a lower division. I get that. For me, I think we missed an opportunity. I mean, there was a period of time when I know there were a lot of fans wanted us to buy the ground back five years ago, ten years ago, however long it was. At the time, we had money coming in and coming out. And actually, I, I agree that the rental situation, I think, did kind of suit us. I think there was a window of opportunity when we knew as a club we had a bit of coin, we hadn't reached our full potential, but we were going in the right direction. I think there was a window there to go and just go, here's five million, whatever it was. I mean, the the, the landlord bought it for 3.5. So five, whatever it was, and figure around then, I reckon we could have got it. And I think we missed that window and I don't think that amount of money at the time would have meant we couldn't have signed Callum Wilson or whatever. You know what I mean? Now, I get it now that we are in a situation now where I, I would say, I think, reading between the lines, I think it's a very tetchy relationship we've now got with the landlord. And I, he says they're, they're still kind of speaking. I'd imagine they're probably not at the moment much because what they're going to say. But, yeah, they're now saying, well, we want 80, 90, 100 million, whatever, because they feel like they've got us by the books, really. But then Eddie, um, Eddie, <laughs> not Eddie, Jeff. I wonder what Eddie would be doing yeah. right now. Yeah, it's not a Paul, t- Paul anymore. Anyway, Mostyn said that, well, we might have to move and a location. Now, of course, that's, I think we've all known that's there's potential for that. And, and I think we might see a little bit more coming out of the club about us leaving because at some point we've got to twist the relationship and the power of the negotiation around to, all right, mate, you've got this stadium, we're leaving, we've got our new 25,000-seater down the road that's got great access and bloody, bloody, blah. You're going to be left with this stadium. Oh, and you know what? We're going to take down that fourth side that we've built so you're going to have an empty space. You know, it's just, I don't know. I think I think we'll end up staying, and I th- you'd like to think there's a deal done, but... I think we have messed it up and I think we've lost our chance. And it was just interesting to hear that kind of relationship kind of status, I guess. So, But then the next thing they moved on to, kind of moving on to the next issue, was the the, the angry angers, anger-friendly in France. That um, Obviously, the news online was we were given three days' notice as fans to try and get there. And Mostyn actually did a pretty good job of explaining that situation. Yeah, that's right, he did. He did say that uh, the negotiations about the fixture did begin in May and... Andre released the news um, about the fixture, whereas there were a number of things that hadn't even been confirmed, including the time, exactly uh, what stadium it was going to be played at. And effectively, Jeff Mosson explained, until contracts were signed, Bournemouth couldn't confirm the fixture. He needed to have Eddie Howe's approval. The pitch needed to be ratified as being safe and all these different things. 
Andre went um, full guns blazing, promoting it because obviously it's you know a potential money spinner for them. Uh, but obviously, until everything was finalised, Bournemouth couldn't release the news. Sadly, but uh, there were also talk about ticketing. There were a number of different people who have obviously been kicking off online about ticketing, Sean. Yeah, and this is where and there was quite a few comebacks on Twitter about this, where the the guy asking the question and about the ticketing and called it a fiasco, and Jeff Mostyn was said, well, it's not a fiasco. So online, if you went on Twitter, there was then all these crazy comparisons about all these fiascos around the world not being a fiasco, and. I mean, the, the explanation given of that there's a new ticketing system and the key key part of the functionality was the fact that there needed to be a transfer of the points and the issue was when they said it live, the points didn't transfer. I mean, me and you have both worked in the web industry. I mean, when your clients got the brief and that's an integral part of the brief, that just has to work. And whoever did it, I think, is, I mean, it's, and the fact that it's still ongoing, they're trying to sort, which then, Jeff, interestingly, then referred you as just a small glitch. So at the start, it was, it's an integral piece of functionality, and then it's just a small glitch. It's not good enough. There's been chaos around that in terms of points not transferring, people not being able to buy tickets online. And as the guy who asked the question pointed out, it's three years running, this has happened, and what are the, what are the, what's being done? The club have bought in the ticketing manager, which we've never had before. So, yes, OK, that's good. Hopefully, once this system's up and running, it's good enough to last two, three years. So that means there won't be an issue next year. But yeah, Boston did. He did apologise. So he did apologise, which is good because that's what you want. You want to say, hands up, I've messed up. We're trying to sort it. Fingers crossed it gets fixed for the West Brom game. But that that was quite a good moment. Um, yeah, and it, I actually found that there was... A fair bit of love in the room uh, during the France Forum with shouts of Eddie, I love you. But also um, there were some comments regarding the ticketing situation where, um, well, there was a few shouts of dismay, weren't there, Sean? Yeah, there was. This was quite a good moment, actually, because somebody had asked a question which was basically, I think it was to Jeff, wasn't it? And it was, do you think that Liz Finney... And who's the commercial manager, is I she? I think or general right. ma- General yeah. manager, yeah. I think. And Neil Blake. Um, are they fit to run a multi-million pound business? Because they've been with the club a long time and that kind of stuff. It was quite a good question, really, whether you feel like they have or not. It's a good question to ask. And Mostyn kind of came in straight away saying, well, yes, I think it was. And there was a shout from somebody of rubbish, <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of liked, you know? There was a bit of talk also about the uh, player signings and uh, one of the wags in the uh, in the crowd, not 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 wags and uh, not wives and girlfriends, I'm talking about uh, one of the people in the crowd who was, was very funny with his comment uh, regarding the fact that, you know, Eddie, you claim to say you knew nothing about Max Gradle yet he was actually in the car park outside taking selfies he said you know effectively should we be looking out the window now to see any new signings but he said we've got a number of strong options at the back Uh, Mings uh, Nathan Ake can play Uh, you know Corey Jordan as well from the youth uh, you set up Um, did it sound like that there were going to be any new signings before the end of the uh, well, until the season begins. Yeah, well, Eddie did say they're hoping they're hoping to sign a couple more were his words. So, but of course, you know, if we've got two more targets to go, that's no guarantee we're going to get both because they might both be taken or one now. And then the question is, well, have we got a third and fourth plan, or are we in a situation where we've got two more players that we would like to bring in, but if we don't, we're going to get by? I guess that's the thing we're going to need to see. Um, they touched on formation. Just a couple of last points. Um, it was a good question. And Eddie said, you know, last year it was pretty much 4-4-1-1 or a variant of 4-4-2. Um, Eddie admitted that it was a problem in midfield against the bigger sides, which was good because we all saw that. So I think we've already seen in pre-season the kind of this 4-3-3 variant being used. And that's where I really liked the game where I saw it was Ake Sermon and Lewis Cook. Sometimes uh, Sermon and Ake were sitting as two holding players with Cook pushing forward as a more attacking player. So that's kind of giving that 4-4-1-1 or even 4-2-3-1 with Gradle and Ibe so forward. But then there were other times when you could see it was a close shot when Valencia had a lot of the ball and you saw Sermon, Aki and Lewis Cook as a tight three. That wasn't something that we ever really nailed properly last year. And I think the quality we've added in the midfield, hopefully that will... Um, Give us a bit more. A um, couple of other bits. Uh, Maturbe, 
they talked about that signing and they said that it just didn't have the time to integrate him into the system. And then it was touched about the Man United ticketing scandal and all that from the last game. And Jeff was seemed very much kind of hands off. It was, well, that's between now the, the fans or the Cherries Trust, I think they're driving that. It's between them and Manchester United and we can't get involved. I wouldn't really agree with that. I mean, I know technically and legally the club are saying we can't get involved, but they could be a mouthpiece, I think, and mm. could be saying, do you know what? We actually can't legally, but we fully support the fans. And I don't remember hearing that from Jeff, that he said they fully supported. It seemed to be a hands-off, but then said, well, we're in negotiations with United to try and get our travel fees back. So it, I don't know. That was kind of meant to say, well, we're in the same boat. I just I felt we could have done a little bit more in that, really. Yeah, well, it's certainly nice, Sean, seeing your beautiful face here, sat next to me whilst we do this podcast. But to you, the listener, you haven't got a clue what we look like, unless that is, you've seen myself and Sean on fan TV. Now, earlier on in the week, myself and Sean, as part of Back of the Net, we were invited to represent AFC Bournemouth at the studios in London. You can see the actual video stream from that on our Twitter feed. But now... I'm going to take you through the day with our diary on Fan TV. So it's just gone five minutes past two on this Wednesday and Sean and I are off to Fan TV in London. We, we caught the Southwest trains by the skin of our teeth, the 159, and uh, we've kind of skipped between a number of carriages. But Sean, are you happy with the current temperature of this carriage? <laughs> yeah, we've had to change seats five times to accommodate me and the uh, getting the optimum uh, temperature ready for the TV performance. You can't just go to the 100 metre sound without warming up. It's exactly the same on TV. So it's a nice two hour journey to Waterloo. So we'll see you there. Okay, so we're fresh off the train from Waterloo and we're currently at Piccadilly Circus. Sean, do you fancy doing a bit of touristy stuff? We've got an hour and a half to kill. Yeah, I'm not in... uh, England for uh, I'm here for another week on holiday so let's I'm legitimate tourist you can pretend to be a tourist yeah. let's go and hit Piccadilly let's go and look at the great big lights can't wait just walking towards Oxford Circus now where the TV studios are lots of uh, street artists out on the street Sean do you reckon oh, you just trod on my I've jandle just, oh, no, I've just, my I've, jandle's exploded I've just broke his flip flop oh, no. that's, that's the dangerous thing of recording whilst walking Sean is it going to be alright are we going to have to go to Primark we've got a serious jandle incident I think I can retrieve it so what is currently, jan- uh, I'm currently one, one footed as we walk down there Piccadilly <laughs> Right. Now, I'll be calling that a flip-flop. You're calling it a what? A jandle. It's a jandle, which I believe is originates from Japanese sandal. But anyway, it's fine. It's back on. This is live radio. And uh, loving being in London already. I've seen a big red double-decker bus. I've seen a black cab. All I need is Harry Redknapp leaning out of a window saying, Terrific! And I've got me hat-trick. Been in London for, what, five minutes now, and I've already lost Sean Barker. I don't know where the hell he's gone. I think he's wearing grey today, so he's just merging in with the crowd. I wish he would take his top off and reveal his Bournemouth shirt with pride. I've got an accordion player behind me. Shall I ask if he can play Eddie Had a Dream? Maybe I will. Probably won't know it, but... So I, d- I still can't find Sean, but uh, I've just popped into Ham... Oh, Sean, Sean. <laughs> this is amazing, this is amazing. Sean- what a place to find you in Hamley. So you do realise we've got a fan TV thing to go to shortly, yeah? Oh, oh I forgot. Quick, <laughs> I, I just need a photo with the Hamley bear and then we're off. OK, OK. So Sean chose the venue for a pre-match meal. So we're eating at the Cock, which is just outside the, the studios where we are in Great Portland Street here, just off Oxford Street. So we're just talking about the kind of things that we're going to be chatting about on fan TV. Do you, do you think you're prepped? Who knows? It's live TV, Sam. Anything could happen. I could say anything. I could do anything. I might set myself on fire. Well, let's see what happens. 
So we've just arrived at Fan TV here in Great Portland Street, and uh, it's a nice little setup here. I'm I'm in a room now with uh, loads of computers, and if I look to my left, I can see a TV studio where Justin Lee Collins is sat and rehearsing. He's got a couple of producers that are standing in as guests there. All oh, looks a, a really good setup here, and uh, just going into the green room now, and. In the green room, to my left, we've got Speedo Mick. Speedo, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, it's going good. Yeah, it's a little bit hot in this room, though. So how are you, think, how are you feeling about <laughs> Everton's, uh, like Everton's chances this year? Yeah, I think we're going to do good. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to get quite a few players in. Will, you, you know will your fans run onto the pitch at Dean Court this year, or what? We might, we might do. <laughs> we got nearly excited that day. We were having such a bad, bad season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then we come back and, yeah. you know, and so um, just, just about to nicky. Yeah, Sean and I are going to be on Fan TV in a bit, but you know you're going to be on as well. Are you, are you a bit nervous? Oh, you're right. I am a little bit nervous, but I'll just start messing about again. <laughs> fine. You're not going to be stripping off, are you? Yeah, I'm already stripped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knows I'm already stripped. He's sitting next to me, looking at me. The power, the power of radio has been broken. Cheers, cheers, mate. Let's get the show on the road, please. Welcome our first two fans tonight from Bournemouth. It's Sean. It's Sam. Come on in, boys. Thank you. Hey, Sean, how you doing, buddy? Oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Sofa. Uh, hey, Sam, right. how you doing? Okay, uh, welcome. Thanks for coming on to the show. How you feeling? Right. Good, good. Uh, looking good. Okay, so Sean and I have just come out of the TV studio. We're just uh, walking down the street towards Oxford Circus, and uh, on the black cab. Yeah, on the black cab. <laughs> it went all right, didn't it, Sean? Yeah, it was good fun. Uh, Justin was a good laugh, and we got to chat to him about quite a lot of things and sing a lot of songs. Yeah, I think I think we ended up singing "Eddie Had a Dream" about three times, didn't we? Yeah, although I checked on Twitter now, mentioned by Claire Joss. Oh, I doesn't think we're getting a record contract anytime soon. Yeah, cheers, Claire. What are you on about? But uh, no, if you if you want to see it, you can go onto our website afcbpodcast.com, and in the video section, we'll link to the one-hour special of Sean and Sam. Hey, m- maybe we should be turning this video thing into a into a, into a regular gig. Uh, I think I don't know. You've got a face for radio, Sam. Cheers. Hi, I'm Jimmy Glass, and this is Back of the Net. Okay, so here we are. We are in Sam's car. We successfully managed to navigate our way out of London back to Bournemouth. And so um, a great fun on the fan TV um, show. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back on at some point. I'll Skype in and Sam maybe can Skype or go up there. Um, But because we're quite keen to get this show out to you, we're going to do our... Manchester United match preview in the car on our way home. <laughs> so this Sunday, 1.30, we do kick off our season again in the Premier League for the second year. At home to Jose Mourinho's Manchester United. It will be Jose's first game in charge of a Premier League match since the last match last year when we beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and he lost his job. So, a lot riding on this new team for Jose. Obviously, he's gone out and spent some big money. Whether we see Pogba or not, not so sure about that. But we will see Zlatan up the top. But more importantly for us, Sam, how, how do you think we're going to line up? Who's going to play? It's going to be it's going to be very difficult, actually. I mean, viewers who may have seen fan TV uh, will have known that there's a there's a stat that was in the papers this week about Bournemouth spending. Uh, well. A lot less than what Man United have. Man United teams value £209 million. Uh, that excludes Pogba. In terms of the Bournemouth team, though, it's going to be difficult. Is Adam Smith fit? That's the big question. If not, um, there's certainly some decisions to be made. I think Charlie Daniels is, is going to retain his spot at left-back. Frano and Cook will be in the middle, will he? Or will he push Frano out to the right? I, I really don't know, but I think... Um, in terms of the middle of the park, we've got a fair few options. Uh, Harry Arter and Andrew Sermon, I think, will start. I don't think Lewis Cook will start. Lewis Gradle on the left, eBay on the right, or Ibe, sorry, on the right. And then, what's going to happen? Are we going to play the two up front? Because we did that, we did that sort of towards the end of the season. I, I really don't know. And you know, and you know what's frustrating about it is the fact that in pre-season we've not had that one team lineup where we thought right 
he knows what 11 he's going to pick he still probably doesn't know now yeah I think that's it definitely at the back I think it's kind of highlighted already that maybe we need an extra option in there if we had a starting centre back ready to go I think that Frano would just shift to the right quite easily and the centre back's there without that extra player we're kind of scratching our heads is Ming's going to surprise us all and start as centre-back? Ah, now, did you see that tweet that he said? Uh, he did a tweet yes. earlier in the week, very cryptic. He said, you know, first the wait was years, you know, then it was months, then it was weeks, and now, dot, dot, dot. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, maybe he's in contention here, do you think? Mm, well, maybe. Maybe he's that starting centre-back. I know, I think he's been training there a lot. Otherwise, um, Aki, I could well sit in there. He did a bit of pre-season there. Left-back, is Brad Smith Brad Smith was pretty good against Valencia who knows maybe he'll take the place in the middle yep again potentially still a bit undecided there if Arda's fit probably Arta, Sermon and Aki but then if Aki drops into the back or is O'Kane going to be at right back we've seen him at a couple of games at right back in the last couple of pre-seasons up the top I would imagine we'll see Ibe, Gradle and Wilson I think Joshua King is going to push Gradle this year. I think I will be nailed on. I think Wilson will be nailed on. But I don't know. I have a sneaky feeling that maybe Joshua King's going to ask Gradle unless Gradle can start pulling in some top draw performances. But So there, there are a lot of unknowns, which isn't ideal going into a tournament. Uh, England, anybody? But um, we'll, we'll see. Whoever we pick, it's going to be a great first game so let's kick off our predictions Sam what's the score going to be I don't like betting against Bournemouth however there's numerous factors where I think um, it's going to go in the favour of United uh, Mourinho's got something to prove they have got world-class talent Ibrahim Rich on front I cannot wait to see him play uh, I think we'll score but it's going to be 3-1 to United, and I hate myself for saying that. Sorry, guys. Oh, jeez. What an awful way to start the first match of the season. Uh, for me, I think I think we're going to... Here we go. Here's, here's my fair. I always... I'm too romantic for all this prediction nonsense. Um, we're going to have an awful start. We're going to find ourselves 2-0 down fairly early on. Zlatan's going to be puffing his chest out like he's just won a major tournament. But we will come back in the second half to snatch a two-all draw. Wow. You heard it here probably first. It's going to be AFC Bournemouth 2, Manchester United 2. That is my prediction. Only time will tell who's right. Probably neither of us. So that wraps up another show of Back of the Nair and uh, I'm talking quite slowly now because I'm having to uh, go through this very tight little road. Where are we, Sean? Am I, am I dropping you back to you, to yours? I'm practically <laughs> scraping both sides here. <laughs> it's a little bit precarious, but hopefully we're going to get there soon. But of course, uh, this podcast is a preview podcast, so there's not yet the usual features that you know and love, like do you remember in our regular club news that Mr Barker brings you however we will be back with those features in the next podcasts that we do and one of the features that we've got on the podcast is called predictor score and predictor score is a fun free competition that you can join up with it's easy to join just go to afcbpodcast.com forward slash predict we're not starting it for the man united game because we want to get as many people on board as possible but we'll be starting it towards the end of august early september and all you got to do is predict the score who's going to score it, and the first minute of each goal. You're going to get points for each, and, uh, well, you can win lots of prizes as well. Yeah, and the other thing is, is our fan thoughts. So we really want to get your thoughts on each and every game. Ideally, if you can, if you can call us as soon as the final whistle is blown. So whether you're at the ground and you're walking back to the car... Or maybe you're at home and you've just watched it on TV. If you're in the Bournemouth area, you can call on 01202 901048. Yep, and it's just a voicemail, so you don't have to speak to us. You just go to a voicemail, leave your name, where you are, and then give us a 30, 40 seconds. We'd love to hear from uh, from you. Maybe you've been listening for a while and haven't 
participated yet, get on board. Or if you're not in the local area, just using your phone audio uh, mic recorder like we're doing right now. Just record your 30, 40 seconds into your phone and then just email it to fans at afcbpodcast.com. And yeah, if you can get them in as soon as the final whistle or soon after, it's great because we do put the show together within a day or so. So the sooner we get them in, the more we can get you added to the show. We also really love those puns. Now, you'll know Sean here is the king of the puns. And in his news booth, he comes up with some corkers every single podcast. Well, we want yours too. So maybe a play on words after the match or maybe something happened. We want we want some puns and see if you can out-pun Mr. Barker here. Yeah, just send them on Twitter. It's at afcbpodcast.com. Other than that, for the game on Sunday before, if you're listening to this before the game, we're going to be down at Kings Park in front of the Cricket Pavilion there uh, from 11 o'clock, just doing a pre-game picnic. So we'll bring a few beers and a few snacks and a football if we can find one. Jumpers for goalposts. Uh, but yeah, bring uh, bring something down, a plate or something or a drink or whatever and just stop by and say hello. Um, we'd love to see you. Just a bit of fun to kick off the season. Yeah, brilliant. And remember, if you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do so. You can listen to all our podcasts in a multitude of ways on YouTube, Mixcloud, via your iPhone. There's loads of different ways. If you go to afcbpodcast.com and then there's a link that says how to listen, make sure you subscribe, especially if you've got an iPod, because that'll make sure it downloads automatically each and every time we release our new show. Perfect. All the waiting's over. Premier League season number Two is about to get underway. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be an amazing year. Who knows where we're going to end up at the end of the season. Higher, higher, higher. Let's hope so. We'll be back next week with episode 15. But for now, you've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. It is Callum Wilson... Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.